Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. So today's episode might sound a little hollow to you because I'm recording in a different space. All that to say that getting this podcast to you every week is important to me and I will record anywhere really to make sure that it happens. So today's episode, we've been talking about conscious spending. We spoke about the senior dues thing because that was huge on my mind. Um, But we are educators um, because we talk about teacher and money. But financial education um, is a hot topic right about now. There are only a handful of states that require financial literacy for their students. And that includes Alabama, Florida, Iowa, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, North Carolina, Rhode Island, Ohio, Tennessee, Utah, and Virginia require teens to take at least one semester of personal finance in order to graduate from high school. And so as an educator, I'm always debating and trying to figure out, like, what is the responsibility of the school versus the responsibility of a parent to educate their children on certain things? I know that when I was a principal of a building, my school had a partnership with a local credit union that would come twice a month and kids could make a deposit as little as a penny into their accounts. And so it really gave the students at my school the opportunity to think about their money and watch their money grow in their bank accounts um, and really start the discussion about money. And some people often wonder, you know, speaking about finances in a low income neighborhood, what does that mean? Um, I, I definitely lived in, my school was definitely in a low, com, in low income or low socioeconomic neighborhood that was quickly gentrifying. Um, I was surprised by how much my students didn't know about um, education, I mean, financial education, because, you know, as a child growing up in New York City, you were always running to the store for your parents. Um, to the corner store or the bodega, and you always had to bring back the correct change. But with this digital currency that most of us work on, kids now see their parents just hit their phone to a 
um, device and the money is paid, they don't see a lot of money exchanging hands. And we also experienced this, you know, in second grade when they were learning money. Um, and even in first grade, we tried to use money as manipulative for kids to learn, you know, counting, basic counting and that sort of thing. So in some states, they, you know, through their legislators, parents lobbying, the community lobbying really felt that having financial, personal uh, education being taught in school is important. And I'm often in clubhouse rooms where people say they should be taught this in school. As an educator, I'm like, we can't cover everything. So you have to strike the right balance. Looking at the states who do require it, I'm wondering what those requirements are, but I think it's important. But let's just take as educators, we're generally parents. What should you know children know about personal finance? And again, we know that it should be age appropriate. And so my son, as you know, is on his way off to college. And I really had to sit down and think like, what skills does he have or doesn't have? And I've come up with a couple um, basic budgeting. So just understanding where your money goes, setting aside money. To me, the basic budgeting, although you guys know how I'm struggling with this budgeting, but in the basic budgeting, it is about paying yourself first um, and putting that in the budget. So having that conversation about, you know, putting away money for yourself, for either a future purchase or as your child gets older, putting away money for um, retirement. If as long as a child earns income, they can contribute to a Roth IRA. So if your child has a job, um, if they're an actor, or if, you know, allowance doesn't count, but if they're earning money, they can contribute to a Roth IRA. And I mean, every dollar counts and that compounding interest starts over time. But understanding basic budget skills and in that budgeting, also setting aside money to give, whether you're religious and they're giving that money, you know, to church um, or your religious organization, the mosque, the synagogue, um, or they're just giving to charity, just really thinking about setting up in the budget a, 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 an amount that they give away that, again, is always age appropriate. So I think every kid should know basic budgeting. And then smart shopping. America is a very consumeristic society. So just because you want it doesn't mean that you have to pay top retail for it. And so smart shopping includes comparing prices, researching um, items that may have various manufacturers, looking for coupons, using plugins on websites that will help them save money, thinking about the quality of the item that they're purchasing. In some cases, I know when my when the Nintendo Switch first came out, he and I have been tracking Nintendo stock and was it did, would it have made more sense for him to invest in Nintendo rather than purchase the game for the same amount of money. So really not only saying that they want it, but really sit down and comparing the prices and seeing if those prices make 
sense? Should they wait for a sale? Should they ask if there's a discount um, or a, a sale coming up when they're purchasing something? So just being really explicit about those shopping, pra- those shopping practices that you utilize to get the most bang for your buck. So we have basic budgeting skills, smart shopping. The third would be money-saving DIY uh, skills. And so you're like, what do you mean by that? That is a lot of things. And some of these things may be things that we as parents don't know how to do. And we pay someone to do it, but our children could learn to save money and we could save money. So that would be learning how to do your laundry instead of sending it out. Um, It may be something that as a parent, you feel like I work hard. I don't want to do laundry. I send it out. But teaching your child how to do laundry, especially as they go off to college, or not only will you be paying to do your laundry, but then paying for them to send their laundry out when they're um, in college. So just, you know, things like learning how to do laundry, how to um, clog a drain or a toilet, how to meal plan and cook, how to do cleaning so that they don't have to pay for a cleaning lady, basic car maintenance and repair. So are they making sure they get their oil change on time? Do they know how to change a flat tire? Can they change their oil or change the air filters in their car? I can be really honest. I don't know how to change my oil. I usually get my air filters changed when I go for an oil change, but those are basic skills that they can learn that would save them money, especially when they're off at college and they have limited funds And, you know, it could be as simple as them going to an auto zone or a local um, auto body shop, repair shop, and purchasing the pieces and installing them themselves. And if it's a skill that you don't have, it's something that you all can learn together. I definitely, you know, addressed this when we were talking about like things that kids, life skills that kids were learning during COVID because their parents were home with them. Now that they've, you know, we've all gone back into work. We may not have the time, but those are life skills that can save them money as well. Another skill is splitting the bill when eating out at restaurants and calculating the tip. It's something that we do really often. Generally, we just plop our cards down. Some people don't believe in splitting the bill. You know, it's a cultural thing in some places, but understanding, you know, do we just split it because we're all friends and we got what we wanted and we're going to divide it evenly or we're going to do it by the items that we purchased, how to navigate that conversation with friends because their funds may be limited, and this is something that goes on into, you know, adulthood. How to cl- calculate the tip? Um, do they give? You know, fifteen percent seems, um, depending on where you live, seems like the least amount at this point. Most people, at you know, in a post-COVID or um, I guess during COVID world, are tipping, you know, eighteen to twenty percent. So just basic. Uh, eating out etiquette 
and and how to collect and how to calculate the amount of that they owe um, when going out to a restaurant with friends or going on a date and having to also include the tip um, in their purchasing and also in their budgeting in their mind. Like I'm about to go to this restaurant. The meal I want is going to cost this. So for me to go out and have a good time um, with my friends, I'm going to need this money because oftentimes kids just calculate the cost of their meal and not um, calculating what the tax and tip in that meal is actually going to be. Another uh, life skill, so let's just review really quickly. There is basic budgeting, smart shopping, money-saving DIY life skills, how to split the bill. The next one is the importance of good credit. And so, you know, if you have good credit as a parent, you can add your child onto your credit card as an authorized user so that they can benefit from your credit score. But if your credit score isn't the best and you want them to start off on a clean slate, really sit down with them and explain to them how credit cards work. Um, If you are open to being vulnerable with them, you can also tell them how the mistakes that you made when you were budgeting um, so that it helped them avoid, not budgeting, the mistakes you made when you were um, with your credit cards to help them avoid making the same mistakes um, and explain that credit is not just about obtaining credit cards, but it impacts your car insurance. It can impact the job that you get. Good credit impacts aspects of your life that that many people don't think about. And so just really explaining the importance and helping instilling them great practices around their credit is really important. And then how to set short and long-term savings goals. So something like retirement, that's a long-time goal. That would be their Roth IRA. Um, a short time term goal. There's uh, a concert that they want to go to. I know my my son has been going to Rolling Loud for the past couple of years. I didn't know that those tickets are like $400. He saved for them. And so really thinking, what is this big, you know, it's a short term savings, but understanding the difference between a short term and a long term and how to tackle reaching both of those goals simultaneously. And then to me, the final one that everyone struggles with is investing. And so as adults, we struggle with investing and, you know, how to go about it. And so similar to the money-saving DIY life skills, this may be something that you and your child embark on together, learning how to invest investing nowadays is so simple and so easy you can do it with your phone through apps like um robin hood or acorn where they i think you can do it through cash app there are a lot of different um apps that allow people to invest with small amounts and then start to research and learn more as they grow because we know that you it's much more challenging 
to build wealth with by just a regular savings account. If you want to, you know, jumpstart or really multiply your ability to earn money quickly, investing um, is the is the best way to do that. And there are various types of investing. So when teaching how to research what's a good investment, all that stuff are kind of like the money basics. So those are all things that even if you as a parent don't know, is something that you and your child can embark on together as far as your financial journey um, not only as a parent, but their financial journey um, as a child. And as some people may think, well, I want to wait until they're, you know, a certain age. Those money conversations can start at any point. Um, as soon as a child is at, you know, in the shopping cart at the register and they want the, the candy or the gum, you can start having conversations with them about what money is and, and what it means and how to handle it. So they're never too young. And the older that they get, the more specific you can be about their choices. So again, if your state does not mandate personal finance, the things that children need to know are basic budgeting, smart shopping, money-saving DIY life skills, how to split a bill and calculate a tip, the importance of good credit, how to set short and long-term saving goals, and investing. And so as always, if we asked what is the highest leverage step, it would be to assess what, where your child's knowledge is. Do they understand budgeting? Do they understand shopping? Do they have basic life skills? Do they know how to split a bill, calculate a tip? Um, do they understand how credit works? Really just assess where they are and then start from there. There are books that I'll list in the show notes that will help you with the age appropriateness, but you can always use Google University by Googling money skills that a, and just put like the age, you know, like money skills that 10 year olds should know. And you will come up with a lot of resources with the basic money skills that a 10 year old should know if you're not sure, um, and resources that way. So I wanted to share this with you because we often think about it for us as parents and we say like, what I wish I knew. And so this is an opportunity for you to think about, hmm, what did I wish I knew? And then how do I make sure that my child knows it? And if you're an edu- well, if you're an educator, it's definitely a conversation that you can start to have with your principal, your PTA about how do you, you can incorporate, you know, money skills in your math lessons, or if you're giving flexibility with your curriculum, think about like the grade you teach and what money skills it's appropriate 
for them to know. Some of you already use like teacher bucks in your classroom around behavior or rewards at the end, but it's about being much more intentional about how you are educating your students around personal finance. So today's episode is a short one. I hope that they make you that it makes you think about not only your personal finances, but how to ensure that the young people that you engage with, whether they be your own or your students, are set up to be more successful with their personal finances than we were. Remember, stay in the black. I look forward to talking to you next week. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...